This is LBC with Nick Abbott. Call 0345 6060 973. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Let's cross to Washington, D.C. and talk to LBC's U.S. correspondent, Simon Marks. Hello, Simon. Hello, Nick. So we are a year away from what is increasingly looking like doomsday. Um, I think that's right. I mean, literally in 365 days' time, we will be on the air here on LBC bringing you the results of America's 2024 presidential election. And if the latest polling is anything to go by, uh, Donald Trump and his camp uh, for the Republican side can be feeling a touch more confident tonight, uh, having read the latest survey that was published exactly 365 days. Uh, ahead of the 2024 election because this New York Times Siena College survey shows Donald Trump ahead in five of the crucial six battleground states, those swing states that sometimes vote Democrats, sometimes vote Republican, but always end up deciding the outcome of the US presidential election. Trump, according to this survey, is 10 points clear of Biden in Nevada, six points clear of him in Georgia, five points clear of him in Arizona and Michigan, and four points clear of him in Pennsylvania, only in Wisconsin. Wisconsin is Biden on top, 47% to 45%, uh, a two-point difference there in Biden's favour. And this poll, uh, published uh, within the last few hours here, uh, has really sent shockwaves through uh, Biden world. Uh, I mean, in the words of the New York Times itself, discontent pulsates through the poll, with a majority of voters saying Mr. Biden's policies have personally hurt them. And he's really damaged uh, across the board, particularly among groups that were responsible in large measure for Joe Biden's election victory in 2020. Voters under the age of 30 favour Joe Biden only by a single percentage point. His lead among Hispanic voters is down to single digits. His advantage in urban areas is half of Mr. Trump's advantage in rural regions. And listen to this, black voters are now registering 22% support in these swing states for Donald Trump, uh, as the Times puts it, a level unseen in presidential politics for a Republican in modern times. Now, all of this, of course, comes at a time when Donald Trump is facing incredibly treacherous legal waters in multiple different jurisdictions, but this is fresh evidence that indictment after indictment has just cemented support around him. And I think it's important to underscore that, you know, the numbers for Joe Biden in the course of the next few weeks could get even worse because in the most recent Gallup survey that we saw, uh, which was commissioned uh, sort of right in the middle of the beginning of the reaction to the October the 7th attacks in the Middle East uh, on, on Israel by uh, Hamas, uh, Joe Biden's approval rating was down to 37%. He had lost the support of 11% of Democrat voters in the month since the previous poll had been taken. And now, of course, with so much dissent here swirling around the White House, uh, he's really assailed from all sides, Joe Biden, over his handling uh, of the situation in Gaza. Uh, I think the White House needs to brace themselves for some very rocky polling results uh, in the next few 
few weeks. So is this poll an outlier? Because I thought that they were neck and neck. Well, they, if you look at them nationally, they are neck and neck. But this poll specifically is looking at these six battleground states that will undoubtedly make all the difference. Right. Uh, certainly, it's possible that we'll see additional polling that suggests the race is tighter in some of these states than this poll suggests. Uh, you know, a 10% advantage to Donald Trump in Nevada. You know, that's outside the margin of error. Some of these are within the margin of mm -hmm. error. Pennsylvania, uh, Trump up four. I mean, that is just about within the margin of error of any poll that you see. Uh, but there's no question about the impact that these numbers have had uh, on Democrats. We've seen David Axelrod, uh, former senior advisor to former President Barack Obama, raising publicly on social media today the question of whether, looking at these kind of numbers, Joe Biden should stay in the race or reconsider his decision to seek re-election. And I think Every observer here is very mindful of the fact that the Thanksgiving holiday uh, is coming up towards uh, the end of the month, uh, November the 23rd this year. It was over the Thanksgiving dinner table last year that the Biden family reportedly made the decision that Joe Biden was going to seek four more years in the Oval Office. They'll be going into a uh, family Thanksgiving, uh, the Bidens uh, looking at some pretty grave numbers here, and there'll be more polls out, no doubt, between now and Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, but to see uh, at least David Axelrod, uh, and there have been others, of course, earlier in the uh, summer here that were voicing this uh, question, raising the suggestion that perhaps Joe Biden should not stay in the race and should uh, quit in order to spark an open primary so that Democrats can try and find another candidate in and of itself. That's unbelievably damaging to brand Biden. Yeah. So why is he polling so low? Because the American economy, I mean, you know, they, they say is the economy stupid. Uh, the, the American economy is going gangbusters compared to the rest of the world, isn't it? Yes, but the difficulty is that Americans don't actually feel that. I mean, there is no question that the American economy is much stronger, certainly, than the British economy or economists throughout uh, Europe and, uh, and Asia. Uh, but much of the public money that has been pumped into the economy under Joe Biden's absolutely landmark pillars of legislation, and, you know, a few months ago, it was being written off uh, as having any chance to get those pieces of legislation passed. He engaged in sort of Houdini-like escapology up on Capitol Hill in order to bring those pieces of legislation across the finishing line. The difficulty is that much of that public expenditure is not going to show up on the streets of America for many years to come. If you look at infrastructure spending, you know, there aren't that many shovel-ready projects. It takes years to line some of these uh, improvements in roads, bridges, airports and the like up. If you look at the New York Times coverage of its own poll today, they interview some of the voters who participated in the polls. The world is falling apart under Biden, said Spencer Weiss, a 53-year-old uh, electrician in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, who supported Joe Biden in 2020, but is now backing Mr. Trump. I would much rather see somebody that I feel can be a positive role model leader for the country, <laughs> but at least I think Trump has his wits about him, he told the paper. Uh, there were other voters uh, that told the newspaper, uh, I 
had high hopes for Biden. This is from a 25-year-old uh, in Georgia, uh, thinking that you can't be worse than Trump. But then as the years go by, things happen with inflation, the war in Ukraine, recently Israel, our borders are not secure at all. And now that particular voter says he's going to back uh, Mr. Trump. And there's a, a, a woman voter, Patricia Flores, uh, in Nevada, quoted as saying of Joe Biden, I don't see anything that he has done to benefit us. And that speaks volumes to the messaging problem that the Biden White House has had. Joe Biden's hitting the road again this week to tout the benefits of what uh, he uh, refers to as Bidenomics, Mm. uh, the moniker that was given to his economic plan by the Wall Street Journal uh, several months ago. But Americans just are not feeling it and they don't find him a convincing salesman of his own success. This is, what he's doing is um, benefiting people in, he's he's doing the wrong thing politically, but he's doing right by America. His plan is to benefit America in the long term. All politicians only plan and act in order to benefit themselves in the short term. So he's actually doing what everybody has always said that politicians should do, but they never actually act on the long-term interests of the country. That, that's his Bidenomics plan, isn't it? Infrastructure support and uh, spending on uh, green uh, technology and so on. Uh, but it does, as you say, it, you can't feel it in the, in the sh- short term. So he's doing the right thing and he's being punished for it. Yeah, yeah, and he's actually, in a very historic way, restructuring the American economy. I mean, he's changing the whole approach to how you stimulate economic growth. He's got no interest in uh, Ronald Reagan-style, Liz Truss-style, trickle-down economics. He thinks it's a con job. He thinks that all it ever does is benefit the wealthy. So he is determined, as he puts it, to build the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. And he has, uh, to considerable effect in parts of the country, particularly particularly the Midwest, uh, revived manufacturing. I mean, a, a sector of the economy that was largely being written off uh, by particularly encouraging investment in, for example, factories that are going to build semiconductors and solar panels, industries that the United States had completely written off to China. Uh, so he argues that not only does that make sense because it creates jobs in the industrial heartlands uh, of the United States, but also because it allows the United States not simply to yield all of that business to China and to go toe-to-toe uh, with a country that is a considerable challenger to America's uh, global uh, position of, of leadership. But again, all of these changes take time and if you're showing up at the supermarket checkout at the end of every week uh, or if you're looking at your 401k retirement balance, all of which is uh, invested in the stock market, or you're seeing mortgage rates go up so high that you're a first-time buyer and you can't possibly get into the housing market, you don't see the benefits of what Joe Biden is delivering. Also, he's at a point in his presidency where it's it's becoming less and less possible simply to blame his predecessor uh, for the difficulties that the country is facing. And that includes uh, his own handling of an area that I think most voters thought at least was going to be significantly more secure under Joe Biden. And of course, that's foreign policy. And so the American people are now a a year away from quite likely electing a man who just recently, mid-speech, said, uh, he was talking about the U.S., and he said, U.S., oh, I've just got that, U.S. is us. Nobody's ever thought of that before. (laughs) 
well, he's, uh, you know, um, he's, he's nothing if not an original thinker uh, <laughs> as he heads out on the campaign trail. Uh, I mean, it is, it is an extraordinary position for this country to be in. And it's an extraordinary position for Joe Biden to be in because, of course, he thought he'd put paid to Donald Trump as a political force yeah. after the 2020 election. And so, here we are, uh, and he's absolutely still dominant within Republican politics despite the 91 separate criminal charges that have been levied against him that could see him jailed before election day it's it we are completely sailing into uncharted waters here and the one thing that is absolutely certain whether this poll is an outlier or not is that you simply cannot write donald trump off and go to bed at night confident that Joe Biden is going to walk this election. That is not an eventuality that the country seems at this point ready to embrace. So have you got any names? If, if Joe Biden does drop out, who? who? Not, <laughs> well, not Kamala Harris. Well, I mean, there will obviously be massive pressure on him if he does drop out to endorse Kamala Harris. I think it's very unlikely that he would do that because her numbers are even worse than yeah. his. So who, I mean, who we else? have seen candidates gargling in the wings, and the most prominent one is Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. Right. Yeah. Well, at least uh, he I has mean, youth and, um, and youth looks and, and, and teeth on his side. <laughs> he's, he's definitely got teeth. Yeah. Um, he was in China uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago because, of course, um, when you and I speak next weekend, I will be in San Francisco for the ah. big APEC summit where right. uh, President Biden, among other things, will be meeting President Xi Jinping. And as the governor of the state that's hosting that summit, Gavin Newsom decided to go to China and meet President Xi Jinping. Mm. It was interesting to see some figures from Chinese state media on social media suggesting that Gavin Newsom's the man literally in the wings to take over if anything happens to Joe Biden. He's, you know, the favoured yeah. possible candidate. Well, but there the, are many others out there that the, will throw their hats into the ring. And it has to happen in, sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. Simon, and it will be a brutal contest if it happens. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, good to talk to you, Simon, as always. Thanks so much for that. Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent.